0: Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today, I'm hosting Father Matthew Fox. He's the author of the revised and updated edition of his autobiography, Confessions, the Making of a Post-Denominational Priest. Matthew, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe.
1: Thank you, Justine. Good to be with you again.
0: Good to be with you, too, again. It's always great to sit down with you. You have been working now that that you are no longer affiliated as a Catholic priest. You're now an Episcopal priest, and that's a story unto itself, which people can get from your book, Confessions, the whole long story of that. But you also, part of your book is really dedicated to your work for many, many decades now on something you call creation spirituality, or what is it?
1: Well, creation spirituality is a tradition, a lineage in, um, in the Bible. It's the oldest lineage, actually, in the Hebrew Bible, and it's that from which Jesus derives. And it's about original blessing instead of original sin. Jesus never heard of original sin. No Jews ever heard of original sin. It's a scandal that the Western Christian church has built itself on a concept that is a 4th century concept and that Jesus never heard about. Uh, This tradition is from the wisdom tradition of Israel, which is nature-based. It's about the holiness of nature. And at this time in history, when uh, Gaia is in so much peril, uh, creation spirituality is very needed. It also links to the wisdom of indigenous traditions because, of course, their sense of the sacred is derived entirely from our place in this uh, holy universe. So um, this is a feminist tradition because uh, wisdom is feminine in the Bible and around the world. And it is about social justice, economic justice, gender justice, and um, gender preference justice. So uh, this is a prophetic tradition as well as a deep mystical tradition. Uh, Mysticism is about our being lovers, lovers of... Life and uh, prophecy or warriorhood is about standing up to defend uh, life and Mother Earth. So this is what it means to be an adult, spiritually speaking, to be both a lover, a mystic, and a warrior or a prophet. And uh, that's what the creation tradition is about. And it incorporates the greatest mystics of the West, including Jesus, but certainly a Hildegarde being in the 12th century, Francis of Assisi, uh, Thomas Aquinas, Meister Eckhart, Julian and Norwich, these great people from the Middle Ages, and, of course, more recently in our time, Thomas Merton and um, uh, Teilhard de Chardin, the French mystic scientist, and um, many others who've been uh, fighting for social justice and uh, a sense of the, a recovered sense of the sacredness of of the earth. Uh, someone like Mary Oliver, for example, who calls herself a praise poet, is very much in this tradition, as was Walt Whitman and many many others, especially in America, because in America the sense of the sacredness of the wilderness is very deep. And uh, you find it in some of our, our best poets.
0: So John Muir or?
1: Absolutely, John Muir, Robinson Jeffers, Bill Everson. A lot of California uh, poets uh, are are uh, spokespeople of this experience. Howard Thurman, the great uh, genius man in the Civil Rights Movement and uh, a close ally to Dr. Martin Luther King was very much part of this tradition. In fact, he knew Eckhart very well because the Quaker Rufus Jones taught Howard Thurman about Eckhart when he was a young man.
0: So, in other words, you're you're talking about you're separating religion from spirituality here.
1: Yes, and uh, the tradition of fall redemption Christianity uh, and original sin that begins with something called original sin. Uh, I'm saying that's really a detour. Uh, that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that we're all meant to be other Christs. He's not the only Christ. We're all meant to be sons and daughters of God. He's not the only son of God. And um, we have to start acting like it and shape up. And uh, But this tradition is deep in this mysticism. For example, Dr. Suzuki, the great Japanese Buddhist, says that Meister Eckhart is the key to the link between Eastern and Western practice and Eastern and Western uh mysticism. And he convinced Thomas Merton, the Catholic monk, about that in the late fifties, and it converted Merton from being a dualistic, uh guilt ridden Christian of the in the in the nineteen forties and early fifties, to being a prophetic uh Christian in the sixties when he he died a very um, untimely death in um, in Asia in
0: 1968. And I, I'm I'm just thinking too that you now at this time are working on something called the Stations of the Cosmic Christ, and that's a very different kind of expression of spirituality from the Stations. of Of the cross is. Absolutely.
1: The stations of the cross represent, of course, the last 18 hours of Jesus' life. And um, he had a bad 18 hours there. But why should we focus just on that? The bigger question is, why was he treated so badly by the empire, those 18 hours, and including his death, of course? And the reason is because of his teaching about compassion, and especially his teaching to the poor, that they were sons and daughters of God, that they have dignity no matter what the empire says or, or does. And that's what got him in trouble. Uh, it was his teaching, and this is neglected if you focus only on the macabre um, uh, pictures of his um, his his uh, his crucifixion and so forth. So the stations of the cosmic Christ, for example, they conjure up the images of the great I am sayings of the Christ: I am the vine, I am the uh, living light, I am the bread, and so forth. And this applies to all of us. This is not about Jesus. How am I a gate for others? How am I a good shepherd? How am I a, um, a uh, bread for others and so forth? So that's part. Of the I am sayings of the cosmic Christ sayings, but also you have these great events in Jesus' life, like his baptism where the sky opened up, you know, so cosmic, and, um, or the, the resurrection or the ascension or Pentecost. All of these are very cosmic events. And this is the heart of the of the Jesus story, the nativity stories, too, which are not historical, but they're, they're incredibly uh, mythical and powerful, that uh, the Christ or the, the Son of God that we all are is born in a stable. And uh, the lowest of the low, the shepherds are the ones who are there, not the bankers, not the politicians, and not the wealthy. Um, these are archetypal stories that need to be remembered. And um, so I propose that we um, create stations of the cosmic Christ to balance these stations of the cross, which is a devotion that goes back to the Middle Ages. Uh, We can do much better, you see.
0: So what you're doing there is you're you're revivifying ritual. And and ritual is something that that we as humans really— gravitate towards it.
1: Well, absolutely. Look at Burning Man. 65,000 people go out to the desert in August. You know, if they use their mind, they'd go in march. But no August. (laughs) It's crazy. It's irrational. And that's what ritual does. It allows us to be irrational together. And that's what celebration is about. It's about letting go, isn't it? So, I mean, we're rational enough making our livings or surviving. But there have to be these times, the Shabbat, there has to be the time of celebration for the sake of celebration. And um, uh, we need all kinds of practices. Out of our own Western DNA, you know, Carl Jung said that we we Westerners cannot be pirates, thieving wisdom from foreign shores that has taken Asia thousands of years to develop as if our own culture was an error outlived. You know, that we have to look into our own cultural DNA. And, you know, the Dalai Lama and Thich Nhat Hanh have both said the same thing. He said, we don't want converts from from the West. You guys should go deeper into your own stories. And um, that's what I've spent my life trying to do. So I, I find Eckhart went so deep into his own experience as a Christian and a Westerner that he found truths very similar to Buddhist truths. Because when you go deep... Uh, there are are these archetypal universal truths that emerge. And so he has passages in his works that that are pure Buddhism, but he never met a Buddhist in his life, never read a book about Buddhism. He got there because he did his inner work. This is what Westerners have to do.
0: I think that you mention in your book, you talk about the the different paths to it are like the wells, but if you let the well go deep enough, it comes to this... Universal river of wisdom,
1: deep wisdom. Exactly. And in fact, Eckhart says God is an underground river that no one can dam up and no one can stop. Uh, And notice the energy there is not about climbing up to God, it's about sinking. And this is very feminist, you see, that the divine is found below, it's found in the earth, it's found in our lower chakras, not, not in our head someplace. And um, so this is, is, is a deep part, I think, of the spiritual journey.
0: I know, Matthew, that that you've participated in some Sundance. Uh, you, you've been mentored by some very, very fine uh, Native American people. Um, and one in particular who is now passed on, Buck Ghost Horse, and you describe, I just we don't have a lot of time, but I really wanted to give a flavor of how moved you were when you went up to, I think, Pine Ridge when he had died and to his funeral. Can you Yes, it, it was costs, actually
1: Goldendale, Washington. Oh, I see. But okay. um, yes, it was so powerful. There were 500 people there, many of whom he had healed through sun dancing, many of them white people, uh, but Asians too, and others. Um, many of them former alcoholics and so forth so just that alone meeting all these people he had touched uh, including rough motorcycle gang type people they all showed up and uh, uh, he was an ex-Marine and um, uh, that was a, a, a part of his, his story and um, it was very moving when the uh, one of the elders uh, brought out uh, a paper sack with his jacket in it. And he held the jacket up and said, see this jacket, you all saw Buck in this jacket, you're never going to see him in this jacket again. Uh, So let him go. And then this roar, of course this was held outdoors, but this roar of grief and and anger came out. It was so powerful. I mean, and you couldn't do that in a church. It would have broken all the stained glass windows. <laughs> Our churches are so tidy and clean. Uh, you, so real grief is not really allowed in churches anymore, it seems to me. And then he pulled out his coffee cup, he, and Buck was always drinking coffee. He said, remember this cup with Buck? Other, Let it go. Let him go. And this roar came out again. And um, it was the most powerful um, uh, Funeral by far that I've ever been to. Um, again, these ancient peoples they they know ritual and mm-hmm. they know the power of uh, ritual, and including the rituals of grieving.
0: And I'm thinking too, in this person, Buck Ghost Horse, he was, in some ways, what you what you alluded to earlier. He was a manifestation a really fine, I'll say, manifestation of the cosmic Christ. He became bread by living his life as he did to a lot of people.
1: That is so true. and. Um as a child, he, he lived in a two-room house with 11 other people, and he was kidnapped by Mormons when he was seven. Taken away, they cut his hair, forbade him to do his rituals or speak his language. At 16, he ran away from home, lied about his age, and joined the Marines, ended up in Vietnam. When he came back, he started to drink, but then he ran into Wallace Black Elk, an elder, who brought him back to the ceremonies of his, of his tribe and his culture and uh that healed him and then he became a healer himself so it's a powerful story but it's amazing we talk about him because this morning i just unearthed a book that he wrote that he gave me it's never been published and i just read it this morning a marvelous book on the red path and i intend to get it published um definitely and and i want to publish it with a young lakota practitioner who i've been working with lately um Uh, and I want the two of us to kind of do a commentary on it because Buck is gone, but this young man in his late 30s does Sundances and has the spirit uh, of Buck Ghost Horse. In fact, the Sundance tribe that he works with is the one that Buck Ghost Horse started and that his sons are now uh, running in Goldendale, Washington. So it's quite synchronistic that you bring up Buck Ghost Horse this day, and I just reread his book this morning, which I had not read in decades
0: well I, I find that marvelous to to just sort of tune in into to whatever uh, these mysterious invisible forces <laughs> around us want for us well, to express that's
1: why spirit and and breath and wind are the same words you know they're they're mysterious they're not visible but they're very present and very part and they make themselves felt uh, on uh, In many circumstances, especially today, I think spirit is working overtime to wake humans up because the earth is in so much trouble and our species is in very great trouble. So, and the whole idea of working together with ancient traditions, and especially we who live in America, we're so blessed to have the wisdom of the native people uh, on this land. And we should be calling on them for spiritual uh, support and um, and um, encouragement and the wisdom that's there.
0: Well, Matthew, I just want to thank you so much for all the work that you do in bringing all of this back and bringing ritual back to us and helping us to find that deep spiritual root.
1: Well, thank you, Justine. I want to thank you and, and Michael for your excellent work because uh, creating a voice through new dimensions is so important for us to, as a species, to start acting uh, mature uh, for the first time in a long time.
0: May it be so. May it be so. I've been speaking with Father Matthew Fox. He's the author of the revised and updated edition of Confessions, the Making of a Post-Denominational Priest. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, matthewfox.com. .org, O-R-G MatthewFox.org, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, NewDimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and I want to thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe. And I ask you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe.